You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hey, Treeline family. It's so good to be with you this morning. Really a lot of amazing, crazy things going on right now in our world, and it's just so good to gather together online. I don't know where you're at right now. Hopefully you had an opportunity to connect with some people this week. We still have our small groups going on, maybe connecting in someone's home, or maybe you're listening to this in your car on the way to work. I don't know where you're at or what's going on, but even though we can't gather together physically as a church, something that we want to be reminded about is that the church of Jesus Christ is so much bigger than just a building. And honestly, hey, we're a brand new church plant, so we don't even have our own building. We meet in someone else's building. And so it's just so great that we have this technology, that we can stay connected, that we can be together, and that we can be the church together. As I was praying about this throughout this week and really deciding what we were going to do, making those decisions, and just really a lot to process, something in my prayer life that I really felt God was speaking to me was that during this time, yeah, this is an unprecedented moment in our history and really an unprecedented situation, but really in unprecedented situations, they provide unprecedented opportunities for God to move. And so that's what we're believing for you. That's what we're believing as a church, that just because we are unable to gather physically together right now, that we can still be the church together, that we can support each other, that we can be there for each other, that we can pray for each other, and even help meet needs together. So I just want to encourage you in that, and just so thankful that we have our church family, and we just want you to know that we love you, that we believe in you, and that we're praying for you, and if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out, even if it's just someone to talk to or pray with. We would love to pray with you. So however we can be the church together, let's do that. Well, surprisingly, we are started a series last week, and some people thought that we had planned this, and we didn't. We didn't know that things were going to kind of spiral like this, and we're in the middle of a series called Anxious for Nothing, and there's a lot of anxiety right now going around in the world, and so it was just a coincidence, I guess, or maybe you could say divine from God that we were planned this series out. It's been planned to do this for a while, and just really applies to our life, but really, honestly, beyond all the other things going on in the world right now, Being anxious and feeling anxiety, feeling overwhelmed, it's honestly something that we all deal with at some point in our life. Maybe you're feeling that a little bit right now more so than ever, or maybe that's just something beyond all the stuff going on in the world, you were feeling some of that. So what we've been doing, we kicked off the series last week, and honestly, if you missed last week's, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the recording. I believe it'll be a really blessing to you and helping you understand that God is with us through those anxious moments. And so what happens in anxiety, what happens with our anxiousness is that most of the battles that we face, and honestly, the biggest battles that we face, they're battles that other people don't see. Matter of fact, many times people might not know what's going on inside of our minds. They might not know the battle that we're facing. Outwardly, we can look like we're really strong, but internally, we're feeling really weak. Or maybe you look really confident and people would see you and be like, man, they have got it going on. They have got it going, they've got it going on. They've got it together. I wish I could be like that. But really on the inside, we're feeling so afraid. 
Or maybe we put on appearance of being really happy and people see your Instagram feed or they see your story on social media or they, they see you out and you're like, man, they just look happy all the time. They've always got that smile on the face, but really on the inside, we can be hurting. Many times those battles that we feel, those things that we face seem to sometimes be an internal struggle that people, maybe even sometimes, the people close to us may not even know what's really going on in our heart, in our mind. And so if we're something that you're dealing with, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling uncertain, if you're struggling with the constant pressure and the responsibilities in life, if you have that angst or you feel panic or the, the heaviness that you feel, we want you to know that you're not alone and that this is something that we can walk through and understand that God is with us through this time. Maybe you're feeling, you're feeling irritable or you're a little bit discouraged or feeling overwhelmed and you're not even sure if you want to face tomorrow. And so something that we really want to unpack and help us understand understand is that we don't have to pretend like we've got it all together. That our God is big enough, through no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter how you feel, that our God is big enough for the things that we are going through, for the struggles that we face. The verse that we've been talking about each week in this series, and we'll continue to talk about, is from Philippians 4. It's Philippians 4, 4 through 7. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I love this. I love this encouragement, even what it means so much to me. And honestly, when you understand a little bit of the context, we talked about this last week. The person who wrote this, his name was Paul, and he was writing it from prison. The guy was actually imprisoned. He was chained up for just simply following the will of God. He was just simply going around trying to tell people about Jesus, that God loved him, had a plan for him, got him in trouble. He got put in prison. So he's encouraging some other people who are being persecuted for their faith in God. And this is the encouragement that he writes them, to not be anxious about anything. If someone had a right to be anxious in a situation, I would think it's someone who was put into prison for doing the right thing. And so he says, hey, don't be anxious, that we can rejoice, that we can be thankful, and that we can bring our petitions to God. And something I think that's really important for us to understand as we talk about this idea of being anxious and anxiety, and maybe you have the question, is it, is it a sin? Is it sinful to be anxious? And, and no, I don't believe that it is sinful to be anxious. Matter of fact, if you even take a look at Jesus's life towards the end of his time here on earth, before he knew he was going to the cross, he gathered his closest followers. They went out to a garden to pray together, and they were a real good group of friends. They started falling asleep, and Jesus is really just feeling anxious anxious knowing about what's about to happen. He doesn't want to go to a cross. I mean, that's a really difficult thing to do, and he begins to feel that anxiousness. But what does he do? What is his response when he begins to feel that anxiety creeping in? He begins to pray. And that's something that I really want to talk to us about today is that anxiety is not a sin. Anxiety is a symptom. It's a symptom of something that might be going on. It's a signal that there's something more that is happening. 
Matter of fact, many of you, if you have a car and you've, you've taken care of a car for a while, or maybe you remember your first car and you, you loved it so much and you got to be able to finally get your friends and take them around, or maybe it was kind of a drag because your parents made you cart your siblings around all over the place because you were the oldest one, you became the taxi for the family, right? I don't know what it looked like for you, but something that was really overwhelming, especially even now, but when you were early on in your car journey, when that check engine light comes on, you want to talk about an anxious moment. You're like, my car could blow up at any time. I don't know if you feel that way, but when that check engine light comes on that car, I mean, it could be a simple oil change. You're like, the, the car's about to blow up. We need to pull over. We can't drive it anymore. And see, what happens is that the light coming on is not the problem. The light coming on in the car is an indicator, it's a signal that there's something going on. And what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to take it back to the manufacturer, take it to the person who created it. And when you take it to the person who created it and they check and they do the diagnostic, they know what needs to happen, what needs to be done to it. And the same thing that is true in our life, that the anxiety that you feel, we feel, the anxiousness that we feel, the overwhelming feelings that we're dealing with, they're not a sin, they're simply a signal that we need to take our lives to the creator. Creator, and that he will need know what to do in that situation. That we don't have to feel overwhelmed. It's simply a signal that I've got to spend some time with God in prayer. See, in that chapter in Philippians, when it encourages us to be anxious for nothing, it tells us to do what? It tells us to pray. In every situation, pray. We bring it before God. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. That God wants us to bring it all to him. That decision that you need to make and you're feeling overwhelmed, simply bring it to God and pray. If you're worried about that doctor's appointment and hearing that report for the medical report, just simply bring it to God in prayer. Maybe you're worried about your marriage and you're facing some difficulty in your relationship and you're like, man, I don't know what to do. You can simply bring it to God in prayer. Maybe you're stressed about finding Mr. Right or Mrs. Right and you're not sure what's going to happen. Am I going to be single the rest of my life and nothing seems to be working? Simply pray. See, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Maybe you're a student right now and you're feeling incredibly overwhelmed. Maybe your classes have been canceled. You've been kicked out of your dorm. You don't have your housing and your, your job's not secure. I don't know what's going on, but you can know that it's a signal that when you feel that anxious feeling, you can bring it to God and pray. See, if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Friend, I want to encourage you to not be anxious, just like it challenges us in Philippians, that we can bring it to God. And so maybe when you hear this, you ask the question, how do I pray? Like, how, how do I do that? You, that's great, Brian. Like, I hear you, and I'm feeling anxious, and it's a signal that I should be bringing things to God. But maybe you're just like, I don't know how to do that. I, I don't know how to pray. What, what are the rules when we do that? Like, how do I engage? How do I, how do I call God up? And do I have to speak, like, in Old English, like in the King James? Is it like, hearken unto my voice and my cry, O God, hide thyself not from my supplication? And obviously, that's ridiculous, but we don't have to pray in Old English. And matter of fact, it can seem really intimidating. You get around people and they seem like prayer ninjas, right? And it's like, man, they're like professional prayer. Like, they go to class for this? They have like a school that teaches you to pray? I mean, it just seems like they just have all the right words and it comes out so eloquent and they're quoting scriptures and they know where it's at. And they're like, Isaiah 54, 17 says that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Like, I, I didn't even know that was in there. And it, do, do I have to pray that way? And so something that I want you to understand is there's no right or wrong way to pray. It doesn't have to be eloquent. 
Matter of fact, a friend of mine was telling me years ago about a story. He was in a, a prayer group and it was with some young adults. And I think a guy was feeling a little bit of pressure in the group and not knowing how to pray eloquently enough. And at that time, in the early 2000s, there was a hit song by Tony Braxton. And it was talking about holding me like a Spanish guitar. And so the guy was just passionately in his prayer and everyone's just huddled around. He's praying and he just cries out, Lord, hold me like a Spanish guitar. And everyone just kind of lost it at that moment because it's just he was trying to play eloquently, but he only knew the lyrics lyrics to Tony Praxton's song. So I don't know what lyrics that you've slipped into your prayer, but I want you to know it's okay. God's not looking for the right format. He's not looking for the right words. He just wants to know your heart and what's going on in your life. You can present your request to God. Matter of fact, if you were to do a little bit of a word study that it challenges us in Philippians to do this, it actually means let your needs be known to God. That God wants to know the needs that you have in your life. You know how my kids let their needs be known to me as a dad? I'm a dad of three daughters at home right now, and they all present their needs in very different ways. You want to know how they don't do it? They don't do it in King James. That's for sure. They don't speak in Old English to me. That'd be kind of weird. But actually, I wouldn't put it past my kids because I'm their dad, and Apple isn't far from the tree. But anyway... Um, my kids all communicate in a different way. My oldest daughter, Braylon, she's very soft-spoken. She can be very shy. Matter of fact, she doesn't always want to communicate the needs, and sometimes you almost have to, to guess by the way she's feeling or the way that she's presenting herself that she needs something from you. My second daughter, Lily, she's a little more boisterous and loud and outgoing, and she'll let you know right away how she's feeling and what she needs from me. And then there's our little one, Cora. She's just three years old, and so at this point, she just sits on the couch and barks out orders and tells you what she needs. Get me that water, bring me that toy, change this video on the TV, right? That's how she communicates her needs to us. But if you have kids, you know that they all communicate their needs differently to you, and that's okay. That we as God's children can communicate in different ways. Matter of fact, you could simply ask God. You could sing it to him. You could write it down in a prayer journal. You could sigh it. Matter of fact, you could shout it out loud. You could even be angry at him. You could say it with excitement. You can be angry and shout it and be like, God, I'm upset about this. God can handle it. Matter of fact, if you feel angry and you feel upset, God would rather you be angry and shouting your request to him than to not bring it to him at all. See, there's no right or way that you can do it. See, as a loving dad, as a father myself, I never mind when my kids need me. Matter of fact, it feels pretty great. And the older they get and the little more independent they get, it's almost become more precious that they need me in their life. And I'm happy to be able to help them. God loves to hear from you. Don't know what you're going through, what you're dealing with, but the Heavenly Father wants to hear from you. If you're feeling anxious, it's simply a signal. It's alerting you that it's time to pray. See, I like the way that Peter described our need for God when we feel anxious. And Peter was another one of um, God's followers, Jesus' followers, and he did a little bit of life with Jesus. He was one of his close friends, actually. And it's really amazing to hear how Peter describes how when you're feeling anxious, this is how we should deal with it. In 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
See, do you get this even at the end of this, that if you are following after God, if you are serving Jesus, as much as God loves us, there's an enemy out there that does not want us to succeed. He does not want us to overcome the overwhelming feelings or the anxiousness. He wants us to be drowned and he wants us to be buried in that. And so when you are facing that anxiety, when you have that attack, who do you think it is that the enemy is going to attack? Who do you think the devil wants to take it out? He wants to take people out who are a threat. And so if you are doing something, he doesn't want you to succeed in your marriage. He doesn't want you to succeed in being a parent and raising your child to know God. He doesn't want you to succeed in even coming to church or serving and building his kingdom and doing something eternally greater than even your own purpose in life. See, he doesn't want that to happen. If you're in a battle, hear me say it today. Some of you need to hear me say this, that if you are in a battle, it's not the opposition that says that you're in the wrong place. It might be the opposition that's telling you you are exactly where you you are supposed to be because the enemy wants you to take you out. You must be important and you must be a threat to the kingdom of darkness. See, friends, if you are feeling anxious, what is it that we are supposed to do? You're supposed to humble yourself and pray. I had an opportunity for this this week myself. As you know, we're doing church at home right now and we're all online watching this. And so um, a lot of things are going on in our society, in our world. And before things really got really escalated and they started shutting down the schools, before any of that happened, I got a phone call. And I saw that I looked down and it was Pittsburgh Technical College was on the caller ID. And that's where we meet uh, on Sunday mornings, as you know. And so I answered the call and it was someone there on staff at the school. And they proceeded to tell me how they were shutting down all extracurricular activities, any outside groups. And that starting this Sunday, so as this was on Wednesday, so just in a few days, you would no longer be able, we won't be able to meet there anymore. Um, they're going to just take it month by month. Um, so they're not sure what that's going to look like. They felt really bad. They were really sorry. It's kind of out of their control, right? And so I just remember as I'm listening to this guy on the phone, I could just feel that familiar feeling of anxiety just starting to come on me and the panic and the pressure and be like, we have to be able to meet as a church. This is what we do. This is central to what we do as a church. We've got to be able to gather and where are we going to go? And so I just thanked the guy and, and it hung up. And you know what I did in that moment? I didn't panic. I didn't scream. I didn't run around the room. I didn't start texting everyone. What was me? What are we going to do? We're ruined. In that moment, I hung up the phone. I immediately set it down and I got on my knees and I prayed and I brought it to God. And I said, God, this is so much bigger than me and I feel overwhelmed, and I feel anxious, and I don't know what to do, but God, I'm just bringing it to you, and I'm going to trust you that you're not surprised by this, that you've got a plan, that you're going to take care of us, and then I just started reminding and praising God, look, all the ways you've taken care of us, the ways that you've continued to provide for us, the way that you continue to lead us and open doors for us as a church. So God, I'm just, even though right now I want to panic and I want to feel anxious, I'm simply giving it to you. So being anxious, what was it for me? It was a signal that it was time to bring it to God. And in that moment, even though I was still starting to feel a little overwhelmed, I began to feel that peace that can only come from God when you're feeling down, when you're feeling depleted, when you're feeling hopeless. Matter of fact, if you are sinking, if you think about this, think about the person who wrote this, Peter. If you don't know who Peter is, at one point in his journey, when Jesus was here, his disciples, his followers were in a boat 
and they're traveling across the sea. And as they're out on the water, Jesus starts walking out from the land towards them on the boat. First, everyone freaks out, and they're like, it's a ghost, and I can't imagine that'd be pretty scary, right? I think Jesus did some, some, some things sometimes just to mess with them. It's just pretty great. And so Peter does the unthinkable. He, while everyone else is freaking out, he gets out of the boat and steps on the water. And he's like, Jesus, if that's you, call me. I want to come out, and I want to walk on the water, too. That's the kind of guy Peter was. He just had incredible faith. And so he just steps out of the boat and he begins walking towards Jesus. And maybe you know the story of what happens. He begins to sink. In that moment, as he begins to sink, what happens? Does Jesus yell at him and be like, oh, you have no faith and you should believe in me. And if I'm out here, you shouldn't sink. No, that's not what happens at all. What happens when Peter begins to sink in the water? Jesus reaches out his hand to Peter. Did you catch it in what we read early in 1 Peter 5 and 6? Peter says, humble yourselves, Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that we may, he may lift you up in due time. See that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you face, no matter how scared you might feel, no matter the anxiety, the pressure, overwhelm, no matter what you have going on, that you know that you can reach out to God in his mighty hand and have that image of him walking out in the water, in the wind, in the waves, sinking, and maybe that's how you feel. And it's not that you're sinking, it's simply that you've got to change your posture and you need to be able to reach out your hand to God. And Jesus pulled him up out of the water. See, you might feel the same way as Peter. You might say, I'm sinking, and some of you might feel that, and the problem isn't that you're sinking, the problem is that you're not close to his hand. See, the anxiousness, the anxiety you feel is simply a signal that it's time to pray, to lift up your hand to God. And I don't know what you've got going on. Maybe you're trying to figure all this stuff out and you're like, man, God, if you would just get my spouse right, it would fix everything. If you could just secure my future and I wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. If maybe I just need you to protect my kids and help them make good decisions and that they keep them away from bad friends and all the things that we begin to do and spiral out of control, we get in this cycle of anxiety. And what happens is we get into this cycle of where we feel anxious, and when we feel anxious, we begin to try to take control. And when we try to take control, we just become afraid of losing control, and then when we try to get more control, then we just become more anxious, and it starts all over again because we feel anxious and we try to take control. See, what happens is we've got to break the cycle of anxiety. See, you don't always have the power to control the situation, but you always have the power to surrender. Remember, once again, 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that may he may lift you up in due time. And I love this. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. See, cast means to throw to release, to give, to surrender. See, what most of us do is that we want to try to come to God and we bring it and we give it to him and then we're always trying to take it back. Instead of just giving it to him and releasing it to him and say, God, I trust you to be God in my life, we give it to him and then we try to control the situation and we get stuck in this cycle of anxiety. But I want to ask you this question today, friends. What is it that's weighing on you? What is it the burden that you are carrying? Are you anxious about your future? Maybe about your job? your finances, perhaps your marriage or a relationship. Maybe you're wondering if I'm ever gonna get married, Are these relationships gonna work out. Maybe you're worried about your children. Maybe you're worried about what other people are gonna think in the situation you're in. Maybe aging parents is something that you're dealing with. 
Perhaps it's your health that you're just not sure about and feels like your body is betraying you daily. Or maybe you just can't keep up with everything that you've got to do and it feels like you're spinning plates and at any moment they could all just simply come crashing down. See friends, anxiety is a signal that it's time to pray. The anxiety is not the issue. The anxiety is simply a signal that it's time to bring it to God. One last time in Philippians 4, 4 through 7, is it reminded us to not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then I love this in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, this peace that doesn't even make sense will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, I love this. When we have that anxious moment and we have that signal to pray and we bring it to God and we give it to him, then we experience a peace that only comes from God. It passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense. It's a peace that in the situation, it flies in the face of logic because how can I have peace in the midst of a moment? How can Paul, when he's writing a letter, say, you can have peace, you can have joy, you can be thankful in the midst of being in prison? How can Peter know that when he's sinking and he's walking on the water and he's going down in the wind and the waves that he can reach his hand out from Jesus, knowing that there's a peace that comes from God and that this is not your peace, that this isn't a peace that the world can give, but if the world can't give it, then the world can't take it away. Friends, today I just want to encourage you, no matter what you've got going on today, we're going to do one more song together in worship, and I just want to challenge you in this moment. I want to challenge you to just take a moment, not worry about who's in the room, don't worry about what's going on. I just want to challenge you to take a posture to get close to Jesus and bring that care. And in your own words, in your own way, just express that fear, that anxiety, whatever it is that's burdening you. And I want to even challenge you to go a step further. And maybe today you're glad that we're going to be in your homes today, because I just want to even to challenge you in your physical posture. Whether you're sitting, whether you're standing during this worship song, I just want to encourage you just to even reach your hand out, just to even Take a posture of just reaching your hand out to God as you worship this. Maybe you've seen people do that in worship before and it seems a little uncomfortable or weird. I just want to encourage you, just take a moment, even the privacy of your own home. And don't worry about the other people in the living room on the couch right now. They'll, they'll get over it. They'll be fine. They should be focusing on them anyway. Just take a moment as we sing this song to just bring it to Him. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, I just pray for those today who are feeling anxious. God, who are dealing with this anxiety, and whether it's been coming on from all of the things that have been going on in our society and our world, or maybe some would say today, Lord, that no matter, even if this wasn't going on, there's still enough to be anxious about. God, whether it's relationships and our families and our marriage, our jobs, our finances, Father, situations that are beyond our control, feeling overwhelmed with everything on our plate to do, God, I just pray that we would take a moment and bring it all to you. And God, that we can know that when we step out, when we are following you, as we posture ourselves to be close to your hand, that your mighty hand can handle it. And God, that when we bring it to you, that we won't constantly be trying to run over and pick it up again, but that we will trust that you are God and that you are going to show up, Father. God, we thank you that unprecedented situations are opportunities for unprecedented answers from God. So Lord, we thank you and believe what you are going to do in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.